you your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Phone lines open for you at 800-259-9231. That's the point of the show. We take your calls about anything. And in the absence of those, we'll bring up things that are interesting to us. And one of the things that interests me the most, I have to say, is secession. I love the idea. I think it is an idea that's time, uh, whose time has come again. Uh, and this time it's time to pull it off without any violence happening. That would be the ideal way to uh, to go about it. Yeah, you know, I was reading, uh, somebody was uh, somebody forwarded me a dig as, uh, you know, you get these little, you know, somebody, you know, one of your dig friends has yeah. dug this. And uh, it lets you know about it or they send it around or whatever. And it was uh, one of these that we don't live in a democracy. You know how we often, we'll, we'll get those calls on the show. And... I used to be that guy. Like I used to say, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. And <laughs> then, you know, so I looked at the etymology of the words, and essentially they're the same thing. Same thing. One's Latin and one's Greek, and they both mean, like, by the people or of the people or both or, you know. And what's the point in splitting hairs on this? I know that Rome had a republic. They, it allows you to be right. Yeah, they they elected you to, <laughs> they elected a Caesar, um, a, you know, a tyrant. So what's the what what's so great about a republic exactly? I think that the the distinction they'd like to raise is that there's human rights inside of a republic, but. Is that what they're raising? I don't know about that, because certainly the people that are in favor of democracy would not be uh, opposed to the idea of human rights. Uh, Many of them support democracy because they believe it promotes human rights. So I think that what it really is, Mark, is the idea that, well, they get to be right about something. Well, you're wrong. See, it's uh, it's actually a republic, not a democracy. We've been made these points on the air before, too. Right. So, uh, you know, and I I sent that uh, somebody sent that around uh, on the dig and I'm like, you know, and I commented, what's really the point here? uh, You know. Know, democracy, republic, it's the same thing. Um, you know, the fact is we've got a, you know, what, what is the United States? Well, it's a fascist, corporatist uh, um, entity that's uh, flushed its constitution long ago, if it ever paid attention to it in the first place. A real patriots for secession. You know, um, before we get into the story which Wayne has, um, I got into a conversation at Social Sundays this week, which is a weekly gathering of liberty-minded people here in the Keene area. And a couple guys had come out from Grafton, and uh, they're Polish, so it can be a oh, little bit of a thing. challenge to uh, to listen to them. So I, I, but they have really interesting things to say if you actually spend the time and the effort that it takes to uh, to listen. And of course, listening to somebody who speaks a primary, you know, who can speak a different language and uh, it, it pronounces things somewhat differently when they when they speak full English uh, requires asking questions when you don't understand what they're yep. saying. To go back and to say, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what, what was that? Or, wait, I'm sorry, what, what, what did you say there? So I, you know, kind of had to go through a bit of a lengthy pro- conversation to get get to it. But uh, they were telling me about what the uh, the We the People guys are up to right now. Yeah, they're gonna having a continental convention. Continental, right, continental con- Congress. Yes. Right, and I have to say that I'd been kind of uh, I'd been kind of ignoring the emails coming in from We the People because I'd been a little off put with their organization and their lack of. I didn't really feel like they were doing too much that was too effective, and so I just hadn't been paying attention. And they kind of surprised me with what it was that they were doing. So maybe I could run this by you and, and see if I understood them correctly, to you guys' understanding of what We the People is up to. It, essentially, they, they're forming another Continental Congress, which is apparently where the Constitution came from originally. 
And so the idea is they're going to get a bunch of Americans from each state to gather together in Pennsylvania uh, and actually go through some sort of process of figuring out what to do now. Like, okay, well, here we are here with the government doing what it's doing and tyrannizing people and being big and awful and oppressive. And we're about sick and tired of it, so what are we going to do as a result of it? Now, well, they're, they're getting together to discuss that. But I just love the idea that essentially what they're doing is the same thing that the people a, a couple hundred years ago did. Now, I'm not saying that what they're doing has any legitimacy. It didn't have any legitimacy back then either. It's still a bunch of men and women, in, in this case probably women back then, it was probably just men, uh, but men and women in a room together sitting around writing things down on paper and declaring them to apply to everyone else. So their process, whatever it is they end up doing in Pennsylvania at the second Continental Congress of third. 2009 or whatever, third. Okay, I guess it was the uh, the first one was, uh, what was the, the Articles of Confederation? Did that come from uh, the first one? I think that the second Continental Congress was what uh, declared uh, the United States to be you know separate, and there was one before that that was of you know less value. I see. Well, shows what I know about the, uh, the history. It, it, I, honestly, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my uh, my house, my my mortgage on what I just said either. Yeah. So. So, but I love the idea because basically, what if if this Continental Congress meets and decides that okay, well, this government's gone too far, it's overboard, there's no reining it back in, uh, we're now uh, advocating secession and we're going to form our own new country. If they went ahead and just kind of did that and started the, I don't know, the North American states of North America or whatever in response to it, the free states of uh, North America. Then their continent, uh, Continental Congress would be no less valid than the one that came before it. If I got to name my own country or state, I think I'd use uh, I think I'd, I'd use Uranus just so that I could say it more often. <laughs> or, or Eager Beaver, the United <laughs> States of Uranus. Yep. So uh, I just kind of thought it was a neat idea. I don't know what's going to come out of it, but it's I think something worth taking a look at to see where it is they decide to go with this because i know they're darn fed up uh with the federal government i mean this is a group I'm of with people them. this is a group of people that has been trying for years to get the federal government people to just answer some questions they've had a group of questions that they've been asking over and over again in various different venues in very by various different means and they've gotten nothing in response nope. they've been ignored they've been rejected the supreme court has basically told them that you may ask but we have no obligation to answer. And in the meantime, keep paying your taxes, folks. Uh, so they're going to do something about this, and it'll be interesting to see what. Well, if there's any doubt in any of our minds that the federal government wasn't in bed with the Wall Street banksters, I guess in the last six months to a year, I guess we've all seen what the answer to that is. Yeah, the whole system is just an absolute mess, and I don't believe there's any amount of fixing possible to it, which is, again, we come back around to the topic of secession. I'm sure that secession will be on the table for this this next Continental Congress, as it should be, as uh, many of us should begin putting this topic on the table. And literally, I mean, talking about it at the dinner table with our friends and our family members and using whatever excuses we can to discuss the idea. Who could possibly be against such a thing? Only the most avid statist, I would imagine. Are you going to talk to your parents about it? Yeah, if I talk to them, I don't hang out with my parents. What you know? What's really? What's the value of the federal government to the average individual? What good does it do them? Protection. They're keeping us safe, Mark. From who? 
from the bad guys the around terrorists. The, the world. Yes, the terrorists. Isn't the federal government keeping Japan safe, keeping uh, Canada safe? Isn't our federal government keeping Mexico safe? Aren't they keeping the large majority? The whole world, yes. Right. So why do we want to be involved and pay for that? I mean, the world needs us, Mark. It needs is it really fair for one house on the street to have to pay for the protection of all the houses on the street? If that house has the biggest economy and the most money, of course it is. Then why do what? Then why do I have to stick around for that? Well, because you're here. You I want to go somewhere else. Well, I don't want to leave the country. I want to, I want to take my piece of land. Oh. I want to secede. I want to take the land that I bought and paid for with my money, and get out. If you don't like it, Mark, you should just move to the Soviet Union. Yeah, that's what I should do. I find, I find that as... Try to find the Soviet Union these days. <laughs> I like the idea of being able to secede your own house. I think it's fine. I think it's as legitimate as any other political movement. Uh, just because it's a minority of one doesn't make it any less... doesn't give it any less credence than if 25 men meet in a room and declare secession. And if we have a bunch of people declaring their secession from the federal government... What could they possibly do about it? I don't know. What will happen to the common good? Well, I'm not sure what that question even I'm, means. I'm not sure what the common good is. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Who right. decides? Well, if, if you allow people to just withdraw like that, then there won't be anybody left to contribute to the common good. That's right. So we have to point guns at them and make them give to the common good because that's good. Well, that's just it about the common good. I, people love to trot that one out. And I'm all in favor of good for people. I like good. Yeah, uh, but you don't get good by forcing people to do no, things. Threatening exactly. with, with jail cells, threatening to take away their houses, threatening to shoot them. Might does not make right. And uh, certainly, who determines what the common good is? Apparently, it's the man with they the most do. guns at his disposal. 800-259-9231. And the idea that a bunch of men willing to do violence in order to get their way could in any way create good for people is pretty ludicrous. This is Free Talk Live. Your call's coming up. Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Got over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive for free. Uh, Lots of stuff to do there. It's like the listener editable version of our website. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. You want a shot at liberty in your lifetime? The Free State Project may very well be the best one out there. Go and get all the details at freestateproject.org. The short version is that it's an organization dedicated to moving as many liberty-minded individuals all to the same place. And if you don't think that will make a difference for liberty, what do you think will? Head over to freestateproject.org and get on board because they just crossed the 9,000 member mark. Hopefully you'll be one of the first 10,000 members. Imagine that we'll probably get to 10,000 by the end of this year. And hopefully we'll crack 1,000 movers uh, by the end of this year. That would certainly be nice. Some would argue that already 1,000 people have moved. It's just they haven't updated their profiles yet. I don't know if I believe that. I don't think that to be the case. I think that to mover... Mover numbers are relatively low, and I think that many of the folks that thought they could make it by the end of the first 1,000 pledge just weren't able to – they just weren't able to uh, to come to that. I think we're going to see a good amount of movers this year, and it, the amount will continue to increase, and it's really exciting what's going well, on up here. I, you know, um, Lauren Canario made an analogy, and I have to uh, – you know, she's one of the civil disobedience uh, – 
types around here, and I think it's a really apt one, is that uh, as far as the number goes in the Free State Project, that getting to 20,000, mm-hmm. although I think it's a great idea, in the Free State Project, it's, it would be a news story that would likely you know go places and it would get a certain amount of people to move. That the number is sort of uh, move, like moving mannequins around in the, the, the store window. It, you know, people are going to move or they're not going to move, and they're going to be active or they're not going to be active. And currently, there are a lot of people that have moved, hundreds of them, certainly, if not a thousand. Um, and they are rather active, uh, you know, as evidenced by more than a hundred people, I'd say, at the. Uh, at the uh, seatbelt uh, hearing um, in Concord, and then you know there's all kinds of people that are involved in civil disobedience and local politics and all you know just different things that are going on. So I know that there's a lot of people and that they're quite active. Um, you know, so that's what counts. That's what really does something. Signing up is great, and it moves us closer to that number, and it'll get us a little more news story. Maybe a few more people will move as a result. But I think what's more important is picking up and moving to New Hampshire. Yep, so we'll see you here. Head over to freestateproject.org. Get more information there as we continue with uh, Take Your Phone Calls here and talk to you about anything. Let's go to Dave in the People's Republic of Somewhere. Hello, Dave. You're on the air. Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? talk about the uh, first police state in the Americas. The first? You know which one that is? Uh, Not sure. Uh, One of the original colonies, Pennsylvania. Okay. What do you mean? They're into a lot of firsts. They were the first uh, state to have a state police department. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. They were a first state police department to get mobile radios. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what kind of deal they worked with the FCC on that. I don't know. But uh, recently, they're the first state to imprison children for fun and profit. Do you explain what you mean by that? Did you hear the story about a couple judges in Pennsylvania, I think in Lucerne County, I don't really know how to pronounce it correctly. But uh, they got paid $2.6 million to push through a juvenile detention center by a private company. Mm -hmm. And then they guaranteed to keep it fully stocked. Yeah, well, that would figure, right? I mean, they've got their buddies in industry, and they've got to do what it takes to make sure they can make some money, huh? Oh, yeah. So they've been putting these, these kids away. Keeping them locked up, like there was one example really blew me away, was uh, some kid mocked his teacher. Mm. So they get, he got 90 days in juvie. That's crazy. Hell, at least you didn't sit down in time to get yeah. your 90 days. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Well, last night we had Alex on the show, and he was talking about how they were threatening. Now, he's in New Jersey, but uh, he was talking about how they were threatening him with expulsion for not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. It sounds to me like... If he was in Pennsylvania, they'd expel him and put him into one of these uh, d- d- detention centers. Oh, yeah. That's so scary anyway, stuff. Uh, apparently there's a, a giant class action suit with hundreds, maybe even thousands of children, and now the taxpayers are going to have to make them whole for what these judges mm. did. And will that stop the depredations into the future? Not very likely. I mean, even if they file, or even if the judge finds in favor of the class action uh, people, it, will that stop them from abusing more people on into the future? Well, really no, that just that. mean that they need another agency to oversee the <laughs> overseas. There you right. go. Now you're thinking. That's what we need. Great call, Dave. Thank you for it. 800-259-9231 to Frank in New York. Frank, you are on Free Talk Live. Ah, I want to wish everyone a happy Chinese New Year, belatedly, of course. Thanks when was that? that? And it's been a while since I've been on the phone, I think about three months, so I hope everything is going well. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I don't want to shut down the uh, 
optimism, but the news from uh, Go ahead, rain the, on the World parade. Economic Forum is pretty bad, as you know. As You guys have been reading the World Press and the different newspapers. Oh, you can't shut down world. my optimism, Frank. But go ahead and try. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I think the best statement was by the Nobel uh, Prize winner in economics, Stiglitz, regarding the fact that let the banks... Uh, Fail. Let the banks go bankrupt, with yeah. the exception of the uh, people savings that are insured by the FDIC. And uh, these endless bailouts are literally uh, just uh, rewarding those that got us into this mess. And sure. uh, the whole notion of regulation has been reexamined over in Switzerland. And right now, actually, the uh, blame has been placed upon the American uh, bankers as well as the Wall Streeters, with um, you know, with due justification, and the global situation is dire for everyone. So, uh, you know, that's basically the news from uh, Davos, and it's always a barometer. That is one of the major uh, conferences of the uh, West. So, what are you predicting here, Frank? Well, I'm predicting tremendous economic uh, collapse. Uh, and what I mean by that will be gradual. I, I see the Dow going down to below 4,000 before it achieves equilibrium. Ooh, and yep. I think we're going to see the market on February 9th and 10th sort of uh, collapse globally. And why, by oh, collapse that's quite globally, a prediction. I mean maybe losing 10% why, why you know, in one trading day. Why the 9th or 10th? Uh, well, certain indexes uh, will be new. And also, no one is buying our T-bills, our foreign uh, debt, our debt is not being acquired by the uh, Europeans or the uh, Asians, which has been the past, you know, in the past 30 years, that seems to have been, you know, uh, a no-brainer. But Wayne, you're sitting here nodding. So you, yeah, I, I I have to agree with them. And what they have to do when foreigners won't buy it now is because Americans used to buy them, and then as Americans did. had less savings and they were uh, blowing and their money on houses and they're not paying any interest now, as you know. Yes, the uh, Bank of England, the uh, EU Bank in Frankfurt, uh, and the Chinese banks, uh, the Chinese Central Bank, none of them are paying any interest on their debt instruments. And this is the first time in history that's happened. Yeah, it, it, it's so crazy. It's, that's, that's All right, Frank, call us back on fashion. the 9th and the 10th and let us know how that goes. Yeah, I, I do want to hear that. Frank, what do you, what do you suggest for people? What, what should they do with their money right now? I really think that uh, we've lost in the last 18 months, about 50% of Western capital through finance. Buy gold? And I have a feeling, I think gold is great, but from what I've heard, people cannot buy gold. It's they difficult. Thank you, Frank, for the call. More coming up. You can bring up what you want, because there's a lot of people out there looking for it. Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Again, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are yours right there on the front page of the website. Free for you at freetalklive.com. And I want to invite you to adameve.com, where you can get a really nice special offer. In fact, if you go to adameve.com, you'll get a 50% off discount on one item when you use the code FTL in the coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at adameve.com. That's adameve.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to, I believe, no, Bernie's gone. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom, in New Hampshire, going once. Tom in New Hampshire going twice. Hey, Archie! Yeah. Oh. Okay, <laughs> Tom, now, what's on your mind? I want to point something out. Yes, sir. Uh, it's not really fair, you know, to stereotype everybody under 21 because of all these teenagers getting killed in drunk driving crashes, especially when some of them are, were killed by older adults and uh, were not even doing anything wrong, but they still wind up in those statistics. But yet, somehow, it's not, uh, it's also. Uh, not okay, even though they do that, it's not okay to stereotype all the cops because of cops that drive around drunk and uh, crash and kill people. You know, I think no, they, that's not fair. That double standard. Some, well, cops, are, I, I, some I, cops drive drunk, some don't. So it's not fair. And that, right. That's right. That, see, the, and I, I just wanted to bring up, in all fairness, a documented case, okay, a true story on January 12th of 2005. Bridgeton, Missouri, police officer Scott Armstrong was on duty, and he was driving a patrol car, and he was sober. And we know that he was sober because they did an autopsy after a drunk cop going the wrong way on Highway 370 smashed into him head on. Mm. So we know that he was sober. Now, the difference between him and the teenager, like... uh, a woman from Derry, New Hampshire, Caitlin Contreras. She was 19, and she was killed by a drunk driver who was 53. So she's on those statistics that are used to promote bigotry and state-sponsored violence against 19-year-old women. Yep, they they okay. absolutely she absolutely is. She's considered what a uh, drunk uh, drunk alcohol driving related, related alcohol-related death of teenagers. And, and uh, but the cop that was killed by another cop in the head-on crash, the sober cop is on the Officer Down Memorial page as a fallen hero, and they named that stretch of highway the Officer Scott Armstrong Memorial Highway. But the teenagers don't get uh, their own highways named after them. Interesting point, Tom. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Actually, we've got Ernie on the line in Nebraska. Ernie, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ernie. Going once in Nebraska. Ernie. Going twice. Let's try instead. Gene in Tennessee hello. on the amp line. Oh, wait a minute. Do we have uh, hello? Hello, this is Ernie. Ernie, you're on the air. Yeah. Hey. Uh, earlier, you were talking about democracy versus republic. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to clarify that real quick and then get on to my uh, corruption in the court. Please sure do. Issue. Give me another view uh, on this because I, it, my my view is just cynical as hell. Democracy versus liberty. Uh, a good. Uh, well, wait, a republic's not liberty, There's a sir. book called Democracy and Liberty by William E.H. Lecky, two-volume set. Democracy always devolves into anarchy and then tyranny. Um, in a democracy, 51% of the people can vote to eat the other 49. It's mm-hmm, mob right. rule, period. 
Well, in most a republic, that, the minority does have rights. I, I understand that the distinction that's made, however, people had you know had rights essentially in uh, in Greece, where the terminology democracy came from. And did they have rights really in the Roman Republic? Uh, you know, I mean, well, right. well, wait a minute. Do we have rights where today? They owned, owned people we, today. We are we are slaves of the state by by having a federal asset tag number called a social security number. You are a subject of the federal government. So, you are not a sovereign citizen. Ernie, I understand um, the distinction you're making that a, a republic has to have rights, but a republic, by definition, doesn't have to have rights that I can tell um, in, in the Roman Republic, which would be where we must have gotten that terminology from. Um, they owned people, right? Well, you're, you're supposed to have rights. It's a representative republic. As so, so what you're saying is vote democracy. for representatives? So wait, um, hold on. A point of question, point of clarification is, do here. Do your representatives truly represent you and recognize your rights? No, they can't possibly. There's no way. It's all a fantasy. That's a problem. Well, it's it's just it, it's it's a what it is is you're splitting hairs about the definition. Is from what I can tell, is the people that would say that a democracy, you know, we 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 live in a democracy. Well, they would say that we have rights, and they would say that they want rights, and, and that the, they want rights, and that they mm. they don't want that fifty one percent can eat the forty nine percent. That they would say that the a democracy, of course, it has rights, and they, you know, the people that want, you know, that want to say that we have, live in a republic, they're going to say, well, a republic is distinguished because it has rights. And I would, you know, at some point would have said the same thing. However, I don't see much definition, you know, much much to back up the definition that a republic, in fact, is defined by the it having rights. I mean, all, the best I can tell with a republic in a, in is a republic in a republic, the people's inherent God-given inalienable rights are supposed to be recognized. In a true democracy, it's mob rule. Right. Majority rules, period. But there haven't been true democracies except on local levels um, because it just wouldn't work. And right. So, I mean, we don't live in a yes. true democracy yes. except yes. – I, I do, actually. I live, in a, uh, I live in a town where you can choose to go uh, once a year and vote on uh, the, the ordinances, so I do live in a true democracy. Well, you, we, we're all grateful slaves. That's, that's a thing that's out there. It was written in 1993 by a pen in the name of uh, Payne's Torch. Anyway, main reason I called was yes, corruption sir. in our court system. Uh, our courts across the country in every local county court commit fraud and extortion knowingly against the people of the country. And I'm talking about in uh, family law courts. Um, I can tell you about a case currently going on here in Nebraska where a judge has admitted to the fraud and extortion. Uh, silence equals consent, United States versus Tweel. Um, if you do not respond to allegations in court, then it's deemed that you've admitted them. Wow. In this particular case, the judge found that the woman admitted to all of the allegations in the man's complaint and therefore did grant joint shared parenting, but uh, she had admitted that uh, she had waived her parental rights, so he should have got sole custody. Um, the other part of it was equal responsibilities and equal rights. Um, the court, uh, what they did was uh, they still have him paying the same amount of child support, even though they have equal time now. Mm. Um, and child support, in all 50 states, there is no requirement that a single penny be spent for the benefit of the children. No. It, it becomes the property of the recipient. Right. You're supporting, the, you're supporting the spouse. Income. So in this case, you're saying that he's paying the same amount and she, is, she has not uh, had her amount changed, even though she now has more custody? Less oh no, oh. no! She had, see, the the she had uh, full time with the children, and he had like every other weekend. 
now he's got more time. Uh, I see. But he's still paying the same amount okay. going directly to her. Got it. In all 50 states, there's no requirement that a single penny be spent for the children. It constitutes fraud because right. it's spousal support. They and can it's just it one of the many. It's one of the right. many areas in which the extortion goes on. I mean, you it's, cite family court, but it also goes on in your average traffic court and it, any other true. court oh, yeah. arraignment. It, it, you know, the the family court's definitely slanted towards the woman. I mean, it just seems to be that way. A friend of mine, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, um, the guy we used to work with, he would pay his uh, child support, but he had the kids full time. Yeah, he paid a yeah, child support basically as a uh, he paid it basically as a bribe in order to keep the kids. Hmm. Well, I can tell you why they don't change it. States make money from the federal government and reimbursement funds for every dollar they run through the child support collection system. So they right? don't want child support going away. They don't want equal custody, and the extortion. They use your own property against you and say we're going to hold your property. We're going to continue to take it unless you submit. Uh, uh, waive your right to privacy and submit private personal financial data so mm. we can recalculate and decide whether or not we're going to take any less of your property. That's the extortion. Yeah. The fraud is the child support constitutes actually spousal support in practice because it becomes the property of the recipient with no requirement that any of it be spent for the children. And if you don't do okay. if you don't do what they say, they'll put you in a jail cell. And good luck seeing your kids then. Thanks for the call, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Makes real makes a lot of sense putting a guy in a jail cell that hasn't paid his child support, does it? Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That number brought to you by SACL C A I. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want here in moments. You can bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. And as always, you can bring up whatever you want. Again, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Join the AMP program for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show. Getting on more radio stations around the country. Bringing more internet listeners on on board and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and learn more. Get signed up. You'll get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. And speaking of the AMP call-in lines, we're going to go to those next. Gene is on the line in Tennessee. Gene, you're on the air on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you know, I thought that uh, Christian anarchist was something I thought up until I looked on the internet and found somebody else already invented the term, but I I just discovered another one. I, I thought, came to me today. You know that green is the new red, meaning, <laughs> meaning that the green people are really the new communists in the country. You know, they're the ones wanting everybody to pay for their, their silly little programs. Oh, I don't and, know uh, if that's. I mean, yeah, that might be a fair generalization, but certainly there are people out there that just want clean air and clean water to uh, breathe and drink. And, and there are plenty of people out there that want uh, communism and socialism. Right, and they really don't care to, about the environment. This one, one way to do it, but I, I think I agree with you that the environmental movement has been hijacked by socialists. Yeah, because they well, can say, and, "Well, and you humans are doing this, so therefore we need to have big government to control you, idiots." Of course, green is the new red is referring to them being. Uh, using the power of the government to make all of us pay for their silly programs. Yeah, that's but the I biggest problem. Website. There's actually a website, Green is the New Red. Nice. But it uh, it took it the other way. It, you know, the way I meant it was that they're the new commies, but at, on the website, Green is the New Red, they're claiming that the greenies, the eco-people, are being 
persecuted by the government the way that they persecuted the Reds during the uh, during the uh, McCarthy yeah. era. Interesting. That's a stretch. What evidence do they have for that? Well, they got some uh, green echo terrorists, they called them, that have gone to prison for a long period of time, you know, burning down labs and things. that they. Because it's okay to burn down, down labs as long as you do it for the right reason. Yeah, as long as you're setting yeah. the animals free or whatever, right? Whatever. It's, yeah. a, it's, anyway, it's okay to destroy uh, people's property as long as you have the right thing in your heart. The other thing I wanted to discuss on this green theme is all these uh, hybrid cars they're coming out with. And I want to caution anybody that's thinking about buying one of these pieces of crap that's called a hybrid car. <laughs> number one, they're not green. Number two, they're very expensive. Yes, and, and they have a huge th- carbon footprint, by the way. Isn't the battery yeah. also full of all kinds of nasty stuff in there? Yeah, and if you're if you're in a major accident with one of these things, you could be you could be electrocuted, or the rescue really? workers could be because these, they, these things are a death trap. You have. You have high voltage because typically these engines, these electrical motors are running at over 100 volts DC. You have chemicals uh, in all the batteries. And then on top of all that, with the electrical spark hazard, you have a tank full of gasoline. I mean, this thing is a bomb. It's just waiting to go off. All you have to do now, is... Now, come on. Let's be fair, Gene. System. How many of them have actually exploded yeah. like a bomb? How good of a bomb is it? Because if it doesn't go off very often, it's not a very good bomb. I, I guarantee you in a couple of years they're going to be pulling these things but off the, the road saying that... They've, these, been, they've been, been out for a decade now. You'd think one of them would have gone tick, 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 boom, right? Oh, they've been blowing up. I mean, I, well, I haven't seen any they've been blowing up. You just haven't heard about it. You're right. You're right. I haven't heard about it. It would yeah, be a media conspiracy but, uh, to, comp- uh, to suppress those stories. Now, um, but, but Gene, uh, just, just out of curiosity, I don't know much about the electricity stuff. Um, what is 100 volts DC worse than 100 volts AC? I know that uh, it's much worse. What, 110 or something coming out of your uh, socket. I can handle that every once in a while. DC yeah. is much worse. The amperage DC is higher, right? twice as fast as AC will. That's why they went to AC instead of DC, was because it was a safer... Uh, transmission method. So what's the but, uh, equivalent in AC uh, electricity? Oh, I wouldn't know. Oh, so, but okay. the, the thing about the carbon footprint, and I did want to tr- touch on that, because these cars, number one, they cost, uh, they take considerably more energy to build than a regular car. That's mm-hmm. right. They consume uh, less fuel during their lifetime, that's for sure, but they don't consume, consume that much less. If you took an economy car and compare it to these these cars, they're consuming maybe 10% less in fuel. That's not really a big savings. Especially you considering you're paying twice as much or whatever, right? I mean, they're pretty yes, expensive. And then, and then after five years, your maintenance cost is ridiculous because you've got, you know, it's time to change out the batteries. The batteries have to be properly disposed of. And after 10 years, you're going to have to scrap that car out at who knows what cost. You know, the cost of that is not even known. So... Uh, these cars are not green at all. They're you know, probably the pollute uh, more than any other car out there. Another thing that they said uh, that I've read about them is that originally when I looked at these things, is they had just incredible the the Honda Insight, which is the the one that uh, the little tiny one with the the wheel covers. Um, a friend of mine has one, and they they were rated at like seventy miles per gallon or something like that when I had looked no at them previously. But right, and the thing is, is they've changed recently within the last couple of years the standards by which they they rate them because these cars were essentially made in order to you know push those standards. Um, and it was somehow very unlikely the way that you know it was it was a way that people don't drive. Is how they right. rated and them. Anyway, Back in the 60s, when I was growing up, we had Volkswagen Beetles with 35-horsepower engines that would get 50 miles to the gallon. Now, 
Today, your best vehicle out there, your most economical car out there, can't hardly get 50 miles to the gallon. Yeah. So we've made zero progress in 50 years. You know, the, years. the whole green obsession is very interesting. It's really quite a fad, and, and it's, it's and it's caught it's on a religion. So well, and, and you can see it everywhere, too. I mean, it seems like every company now has to prove how green they are. And, you know, if they're really doing something that's, that's helping the environment, then I say, great, more power to them. But how much of it is really just marketing? How much of it is, well, let's slap a label on our product and say we're green and we'll go, you know, turn the lights off every hour or something, you know, every once a day. And that, that way we can claim we're saving energy and we're a new green company. I just wonder how much of it is just market speak. Uh, it's just in order to get the, the greenies to buy their products and make them uh, make them essentially feel good about themselves. I mean, that's and essentially what a lot of the organic food movement is, is about, right, is uh, making people feel good about themselves I, and I charging them three times as much. I agree that it's uh, about, well, there's there's some other stuff, um, you know, mixed in with the organic. First off, some people are sensitive to pesticides, period. Some people have, you know, they're just, people are different. They're not mm-hmm. all the same. And to, to, well, to look what to, they're doing with the peanuts. What are they doing with peanuts? They've taken it away from the airlines. They've, they've taken it oh, yeah. out of a lot of restaurants and stuff because Allergies. less than 1% of the population reacts to peanuts. So now nobody else is allowed to have peanuts anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Know, it, it, peanut butter sandwiches. There's some schools where the kids won't even, aren't even allowed to take peanut butter sandwiches to school yeah. because the kids sitting next to them might have an allergic reaction. Right, so maybe we'll all have to eat mush someday. Thanks, Gene, for the call. 800-259-9231. Government-approved mush. One, one thing that organic uh, farm, farms do, and I'm not sure what the advantage is, I just know that they do this, is that they allow small farmers in the local vicinity to survive. If you tried to compete essentially with... <laughs> With uh, you know the the big fa- um, the, the the big farms out there and uh, the grocery stores and that kind of thing, you just wouldn't make any money just mm. running a small farm. Yeah, the, the small farmers also have more incentive to take care of their land, and they're actually growing the food in a more traditional manner, which is what people want. More uh, rather uh, than having a three thousand yeah <laughs> a three thousand mile Caesar salad is not doesn't really make sense anymore. Nutritionally, it never made sense, but economically, it's making less sense all the time. But when you have to pick things in, in California and ship them to the East Coast, for example, you can't pick them ripe, so they don't have as many nutrients in them as if, if you pick them when they're ripe. It's the difference between having a garden in your backyard and, and, and picking a tomato or buying it from the supermarket where it's, it's like pink cardboard. Yes. So, you know, there is value in that. So the marketplace does want traditionally grown uh, agriculture doesn't use a lot of chemicals, so. Uh, but there's 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 something to this whole organic nonsense. I mean, I've I've heard stories, and I haven't been able to check them out, of people selling organic firewood for a fifty dollar premium on top of. I mean, organic firewood. Let's let's be serious here. Big, you know what the biggest problem with the organic standard now is that the USDA has has sort of taken it over and taken it over because then that's one stop shopping for those who want to compromise the standard. If if you want to buy your food uh, and have it be grown under a certain standard, you want to make sure that that standard is constant. And in the old days, there were more independent certification bodies, statewide and, and private, that would certify. And they're still are, they're still out there, but the the USDA organic um, uh, symbol, or whatever, doesn't really make a lot of difference to me. Isn't the USDA the same organization that allows honey manufacturers to market honey that is essentially mostly corn syrup, but they can call it grade A or something like that? I've heard something like that. I'm not familiar with that exactly. Yeah, so it seems uh, kind of shifty. I don't trust the the government to do anything correctly. Right. But I I prefer to have private organizations certify a farm as organic if they're uh, 
participating or they're practicing the the things that people want. And those know? certifications do exist. And they there do are exist. Private organic right. certifications. And, and they mean more to me than the USDA stamp does. Sure, and as it should be. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure of the value of org- organics. I mean, I've I've eaten regular regular food out of the grocery store, and I feel fine. But you know, some people want it, and that's if it'll get to, if it'll get a premium for local farmers. I'm for it. Hey, yeah, I mean, whatever. If people want to spend three times as much if the taste that's not is three as times good. as much. Some of them seem so real, so pricey mm. in comparison. But you're probably right. It, maybe it's two times as much. All right, more coming up here. Hour number two is on the way. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number, which is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, uh, all totally free at freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, we'll talk to Alex in New Jersey uh, on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I was on the BBS, and uh, one of your members recommended a book called uh, Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me. And it talks about cognitive uh, dissonance and cognitive bias and how it helps us to justify hurtful actions, such as what the police do. Mm -hmm. And a very interesting uh, topic noted in the book was uh, they did MRIs on people, and they talked about uh, their political affiliations and when information was brought to them that was consonant with their currently understood beliefs that they feel, the uh, emotional part of their brain lit up. And when dissonant information was given to them, for example, like the, their political guy is bad because he did something wrong, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the, rational, the rationalization part of the brain would shut down. And unfortunately, this, Wait a minute. Uh, nobody... Yes. If, if they got information that was contradictory to their viewpoint, they would. Ra- I would think they would rationalize that away. Do you have that well, backwards? No, the, uh, the, no, the, uh, the book said that the rationalization part of the brain was shut down, and when consonant information was presented, the emotional part of the brain would light oh, up. Okay, gotcha. And I think that I, I think it's um, interesting because. Even we are still humans as voluntarists, and we are still susceptible to that. So I think it's it's uh, difficult when we're having an argument to to try and make it as rational and logical as possible without getting the emotions uh, into it. You know what I mean? Well, I, I I would think that most most of the time when I have uh, discussions with people about uh, the idea of smaller government or no government or no government in a particular area. Uh, the first thing that they come up with is human sort of emotional sorts of arguments. They, oh, well, what about the poor people? Well, poor people are poor because they've made bad decisions. Um, you know, if they, you know, if we incentivize them to make bad decisions, they'll continue to make bad decisions. If they're um, incentivized to make good decisions, they'll make better decisions. Do you understand? You, you, you say that and you're, you're an evil person. I mean, look, there are people right now that are saying, oh, what a jerk. Just from me saying that. Heartless Mark. But I think, though, I think though that we're all hardwired that way, in a, in, a, in a sense. So we have to try, I'm thinking in 
combat that and suppress um, that dissonant feeling. And one of the best ways the book recommends to do it is by um, having a third party with you at all times to try and step back from things, because whenever you tell a story, you always do it from your own perspective, and you, uh, you can have memories, vivid memories of things that uh, never even happened before, and we're all susceptible to it. Yeah. So I think that's uh, something, uh, a skill that could be practiced, and I highly recommend the book. It's called uh, Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me. Interesting observations. So, I don't know if it. Uh, it I don't know if, if rational, logical arguments are necessarily the way to win people over. I think it, emotional ones. Emotion, are. right? Yeah. I think emotional ones, ones that uh, appeal to people's. Uh, you you know, have to heart. find out what people want, and then show them how they can get what they want without using violence against their neighbor. I mean, they, you have to show people how the marketplace, the free and freedom. Uh, can bring them what it is they're looking for. If it's a clean environment, as we were talking about last hour, show them how the government is the biggest polluter and that uh, the, the, the the idea of putting the government and all their cronies in business in charge of cleaning up the environment is pretty ludicrous right on its face if you really start to think about it. Uh, show them how they can get clean water and clean air from having true property rights and market competition. Uh, and if they want to feed the poor, show them how it is that the government welfare programs dr- just waste money on a dramatic scale and instead show them how that money can be allocated much more accurately if each individual is able to decide for themselves how much to allocate and to where to allocate it. So there are lots of ways to go about this. I happen to agree with you, Mark. I think appealing to people's emotions, showing them how they can get they, get what they want, which will give them that feeling of satisfaction of like, oh, wow, that's kind I of a neat idea. I think you have to get to them with the, their emotions mm-hmm. and then show them something logical that they can't pick apart as a solution. Right. That's but, you know, point. people are different, too, and sometimes yes, you have to are. evaluate whether there's somebody who's left-brained or right-brained. Right-brained is the emotional, intuitive side, whereas the left-brained is the more analytical. Some people are very analytical. They absolutely are. And you, and, Most and the people emotional are, mo- stuff, are no- emotional, though, wouldn't you say? Probably, yes, probably nowadays, I'd say Well, so. I know that uh, the, the way to sell products, uh, is what, you're, what you're told, and the way to sell products is through emotion. And I... I can see it. I mean, you know, I, I I consider myself to be rational, although the people in the BBS say that I'm I'm the emotional one on the show. Uh, of course, comparing to Ian, it's difficult to, well, I mean, it's... <laughs> to be otherwise. But um, you know, what I I consider myself to be rational that I make decisions based on uh, you know logic and reason. However, what I found, especially as I'm getting older, is that I I enter in so many variables into my decision making process in order to be able to make a rational decision that it even get it gets harder to make decisions that there's so many facts that you can't that it's more and more difficult to make a decision. Thank That's you, Alex, for the call. Appreciate the discussion. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Advertising seems to be far more effective when you're targeting people's emotions. I mean, think about a shampoo commercial, for instance. You know, the what's the one with the girls that are – they sound like they're orgasming when they're putting – I forget what the, the brand name – herbal essences, I think is okay. what it is. They, they, they look like they're getting off by putting shampoo in their hair. Yeah. And, you know, you look at a commercial like that, and then would you want to run that commercial to advertise your product? Or would you want to run a commercial that says, our brand is better than the other brand because we have lower price, better quality, and, you know, running down the facts of why your brand is better than the other? It makes a lot more sense to have the girl orgasming on screen. I, I, I don't know. You know, when it comes to shampoo, I, you know, you, you look for the benefits. I suppose with it, if you had dandruff, you'd think Head & Shoulders or Selsun Blue or whatever particular brand it is. So you'd you'd want one that appeals to the the things that the you know the the needs that you have as far as shampoo goes, but at the same time 
it's there's it's, it's a great deal of marketing which is almost all emotional right well you you appeal to the emotions as you were saying mm-hmm. while you give them the information right and then you implant the facts yeah or what you claim are the, the yes. facts the information in this case the selling so, points yep mm-hmm. so the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231 let's go to bob in pennsylvania bob you're on free talk live yes hello hey what's on your mind tonight well somebody called earlier and was talking about uh uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, we've reached a new low by making money on juveniles. And, uh, yes, that what he was talking about took place in uh, Luzerne County, where I live. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the city involved is Wilkes-Barre, which is, in, in other words, if you're wondering where Luzerne County is, it's Wilkes-Barre, okay. south of Scranton. And can you and recap uh, uh, what was uh, going on there for people just tuning in? Yeah, um, the, the U.S. Attorney's Office... Uh, charged two judges here with uh, taking $2.6 million in kickbacks, and uh, they've been taken off the bench. In order to fill a juvenile detention center full of juveniles that otherwise wouldn't necessarily have gone there. Yes, uh, their rulings, um, well, also they were involved with the builder of the juvenile detention center to uh, make money on the deal. On the front and the back end. Yeah, and then Sweet. they they used that to buy a condominium in Florida, where the one attorney had a yacht called Real Justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amazing. Wow. <laughs> Probably had some girls down there too, like Spitzer. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was uh, where you just wanted to call to verify that was a true story? Yes, it absolutely is. Yep, it's believable. And the uh, a Saturday edition of the local paper, the Times Leader, has all the details. So on basically, it, the judges were getting money on the front end and the back end of the deal to where every single warm body that they put in the juvenile detention center means more money coming in from the state to the detention center, and therefore the detention center is making all kinds of big bucks. So they pass some of it back to the judges and as a thank you for filling their uh, cells full of kids. These are egregious breaches and the the kind that would be shut down if they find out about them. But what about the tiny little breaches um, that go on? This is what happens when power is given to people. Unfortunately, power corrupts. And that's a, that's a territorial monopoly on force and, and law and justice. and That's what government is. Yeah, territorial monopoly. Thanks, Bob, for the call sure. tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. When you say territorial monopoly on law and justice, I mean, it's not like they're... The, the, the fact is, you can't get good laws and good justice by giving up monopoly. You can't, uh, I mean, people know that. Monopolies give you bad products, and therefore you're going to get bad justice and bad law from giving away monopoly. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Uh, We never actually even got to your secession story, Wayne. Maybe we'll get a chance to. Of course, your calls are the primary element, and we continue with them in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all completely free, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts, a lot to talk about, uh, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Join the more than half million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will, living trust, even register a trademark. 
empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order at LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. We continue. We go to Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, Good Dennis. evening. Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance here in New Hampshire. Uh, what's, what's happening tonight? Well, there's some stuff I wanted to talk about, like how Mark's wrong and you're wrong. But first, I want to talk about what? how Gene, the Christian anarchist, is wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people that are wrong today, huh, Dennis? Oh, you, you know it. It's like I'll, I'll bet you're millions, right. Billions of people out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've had my little Honda Insight since 2000. I was one of the first people in California to get one of these things. And uh, I still have the car. That sucker is so paid off, it's ridiculous. It's like an eight-year-old car now. And lifetime of the car, okay, like uh, miles. Miles I've driven divided by gallons I dumped into the tank is about 60. Really? That's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know. But they have changed the way they rate those vehicles now, have they not? Oh, that's not rating. That's... Number of this miles I've world. driven divided by number of gallons I put in. I, I'm, I'm not saying that that's not not accurate. I'm asking you: Have they not changed the way that they rate the, uh, you know, the, these hybrid vehicles? I would have no idea. Yeah, they have. Starting 2008, the model year uh, six. But okay. No, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was 08. Recently. Yeah, recently, they were more stringent now on how they measure the, the EPA measures gas mileage in the cars. They try to make it more real world. Oriented, but I think it was also partially due to the fact they were cutting the gasoline with ethanol, which lowers the mileage too. But you would say that the highway mileage, or it wasn't, it was city mileage for the Insight was uh, was supposed to be 70 miles per gallon. Do you drive mostly highway or mostly city, or how do you um, count for the difference? And you know, I, I don't think it's what this thing, the sticker said on the side, and I also know it's not what the sticker says on the side with your. Buick or your whatever you got. So if the yeah. sticker on the side says 38, I'm pretty sure you're getting 20. And I know, like, like I say, I mean, no matter what anyone's standard is, I can take miles and divide it by gallons dumped in and get 60. So, so there you go. It, it, um, there I go. Now, the have you been uh, rating that every mile, every gallon, every tank, or do you just kind of check it every once in a while? How do you do it? Well, the uh, the insight. One of the cool things about it, it has a little little monitor on there that tells yeah. you like instantaneous how many miles per gallon you're getting and then lifetime of the car how many miles per gallon you're getting and like this trip how many miles a gallon so what about gene's claims that uh the the batteries are really difficult expensive to replace have you had to do a battery swap in the uh, several years you've owned this thing i've owned it eight years i have yet to have any issue with the battery and for that matter just about anything else significant in the car it's the normal stuff you know replace the brake pads and is the battery less powerful now than it was when you bought it new? Not that I can tell. This is one of the surprising things to me that I, I didn't realize until I got here. If you live in a really, really cold climate, mm-hmm. this car kicks ass because this thing starts. I, mean, I don't care how cold it gets. My car is the one that starts. Hmm. Batteries yeah, are That's a two-seater, isn't it, Dennis? Yeah. Yeah, see, the, the Insight actually has some advantages over the newer hybrids. For one, because it's smaller and lighter, because most of the new hybrids are four-door sedans or hatchbacks, and they're actually heavier and bigger. And Draw, dr- driving around a bunch of crap you don't usually use, like seats and uh, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, and, and don't, don't get an Insight if you have anything to put in a trunk. The trunk is pretty much the size of... Uh couple of footballs. It's, it's not a trunk. So um, here's the question, uh, Dennis, that really that really counts. Uh, when you go out and get a new vehicle, are you getting an Insight? 
Oh, well, see, the deal is, when I get a new vehicle, I have to take into account the fact that I have two children now, yeah. and if I don't have a four-seater thing that can hold a child seat, uh, I'm going to have serious wife issues. So you getting the, yeah. you getting a Civic uh, hybrid? I've, I have no, what I want to get is one of those hydrogen dealies, because if I want a bomb, I want an H-bomb. <laughs> yeah, right, Honda enough. HCX, you mean? Okay, now tell us why we were car talk. Yeah, what was yeah. the other thing you want to talk about? Okay, so about the, I, I was listening to last night's show about the, um, uh, the seatbelt uh, seat law that they're proposing here in New Hampshire and, and some of the stuff that Mark was saying that was just wrong and then some of the stuff that you were saying that was just wrong. Okay. So, you know, long, long and short of it, I think that the one thing, aside from you guys being wrong and various things, we can get into that, <laughs> the one thing to bear in mind here is on that committee, it's the Transportation Committee in the House of Representatives, there is a freestater on that committee, and that's cool. There's one. And there's a couple of people on that committee who are on our side. They're going to vote against a seatbelt law, and it doesn't matter how many millions of feds dangle out in front of us. Um, by my count on how the votes are likely to go on this bill, four more freestaters in that committee, and no one would have to be there except for the people that ran for public office in the first place, and the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance wouldn't have to raise a big stink and try to get dozens of people to show up because it would be a done deal. We wouldn't even have to fight for it. We did that when we elected the Liberty people. How many, um, how many, I mean, that's five free staters on one committee in the House of Representatives. We currently have five free staters in the House. Um, how, I mean, how, how far are we away from that, Dennis? It really depends on, on what they want to do. Usually, when you get elected, you can choose which committee you want to be in. We have some committees where we've got two people. We've got other committees where we've got one person. So it, it really depends. It depends on the nature of the committee. Some of the committees, to be frank, have a lot of bad people in them. Some of the committees have a lot of libertarians in them. Mm -hmm. Do you have to be on people. a committee? Yeah. At least one? You, you, you must be assigned at least one committee. How many um, damn committees do they have? They have over 400 representatives, so-called. So how many committees are there? There's about 20 committees, and each one has about 20 reps. I see. Okay. Well, interesting. So that's an interesting approach, Dennis. So you basically, so, you're uh, saying you, uh, that the activists could save a lot of time if they actually got some of these folks, uh, these freedom folks, elected. Well, my, my mantra, I mean, for me, the Free State Project, primarily, like, what it's been about for me is get 30 hardcore libertarians elected to state reps. We're pretty close to that. new people, I don't talk about 30 people, you know, 30 new people get energized, okay. run, and make it in. As far as I'm concerned, the, the whole game has changed eight ways from Sunday, like most committees are going to have a tipping point as far as their committee suggestions go, like so many of the votes that are the contentious votes are always going to go our way. Basically, there'll be a libertarian veto on anything that comes down. So... I think 30 people is, is all we need. It's just that it has to be 30 people elected into the state house, which in any other state would be completely impossible. But here's, you know, very, very doable. I mean, we got five in already, and most of them swimming against the Democratic tide and getting elected as Republicans. Great. Well, people can go get more information on what's happening here at uh, nhliberty.org. And, Mark, I'd be careful about claiming that there are 30 hardcore libertarians in the New Hampshire uh, representatives. I, th I think that the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, while they rate representatives, we were looking at some of the numbers recently, and I mean, they, they can get a B if they've got like a 60%. So, I mean, to claim these are hardcore libertarians, I don't think it's really accurate. Dennis? No. I mean, 30 hardcore new libertarians, that's what would swing it.
And hardcore libertarians would uh, would be nice, too. And, and that's happening. I thank you for the call, Dennis. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This show is your show, if you want to bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download right there from the front page. In fact, just put up a brand new torrent uh, during the middle of the show and send out an update, of course about it you can go and grab an entire month's worth of the show just by downloading one little torrent uh, so I, actually the torrent file is small but the actual uh, the actual download you'll end up getting is several hundred megabytes but get all the details over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the archives completely free so that's this several hundred megabyte file is that one month's worth of shows it's a whole month's worth of shows and it's not one file it's every individual show from in, that month in the same manner that you would get it from the website but it just calls it up from other people's computers Sort of, yeah. So head over to freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI as we go to your phone calls about what you want. And we'll start things out with Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, last hour, at the end of the hour, you had Gene the Christian Anarchist on. Yes. And he said something that was just untrue. Okay. He okay. claimed that DC voltage is more dangerous than AC voltage. Are you going to drag up on... this whole Edison-Tesla uh, argument from a century right. ago? <laughs> right. And then, and then went on to say that that's why they went with AC. So help. So clear it up. Which, which isn't which true. Which isn't true. No. All right. What's going to determine the dangerousness of the voltage is, is, or the dangerousness of electricity is actually the current. Yeah, the amperage. And, right, your amperage, which is a function of um, your resistance over the um, the voltage, and that's going to be the same whether it's AC or DC, and it's going to the current is going to go through you if you're grounded. And, in fact, if you have a DC charge, it's going to be a matter of how soon, how quickly that, that current passes through you. In other words, you could have a capacitor that has stored in at 20,000 volts. Uh, you can touch that capacitor. It will go through you at a, at a current, depending on what your personal resistance is. And if it goes through you real fast, you'll feel it but it ain't going to kill you. Where if you have a a source like a battery that has a lot of voltage stored in it that can can, continue to pump 
current through you for a longer period of time, then you're going to die. Hmm. And in terms of AC, you have a generator somewhere at the other end of the line that's continuously pumping that stuff out. Whereas, so if, if you, say, stick your finger in a light socket, just as an experiment, <laughs> please don't try get, this at home. <laughs> get that 110 volts for a long, long time because that power company is not turning that sucker off. Okay. And you're going you're gonna to get that current through your body for hours. Well, especially if you're fly. grabbing onto something rather than just leaning up against it. Right. Whereas if you have a battery and you put your hand over it uh, and, and ground yourself and make yourself into a circuit, that battery is only going to last a couple of minutes before it's completely discharged and you have a good chance of surviving it, or even a couple of seconds. So you're it's, saying that DC is no more dangerous than is AC? Uh, I'm saying at that kind of voltage, at 100 volts, yes. Now, back when when they wanted to determine how to power things in houses, DC voltage was rather low. It usually ran around 5 volts, which is what we run our computers on today. And the problem wasn't uh, that, that, uh, that anybody was saying DC was more dangerous than AC. In fact, just the opposite was true. Edison was constantly pointing out that AC, being a higher voltage, was far more dangerous than DC. The problem was delivering it. Yeah. You couldn't mm-hmm. take five volts and deliver it from across town four or five miles. Every couple of hundred feet, you would have to have something that would... That would push it um, some more. Yeah, uh, you know, amp it up. Yeah. So and it would be like having an amplifier every uh, uh, two, three hundred feet, just so you could get the five volts into your house. And, and, and that's it, where it that's where Tesla came in. Wasn't financially. Yeah, that's uh, where Tesla came in. Feasible. Tesla invented uh, alternating right. current, which was much easier to transport over distances over lines without the amplification issue. Right, because alternating current is a sine wave, and so the wave goes through the wires. And it'll be pumped out at maybe 115 volts where the pumping station is, where the uh, where the uh, transformer is or whatever. And All then right. by the time it gets to your house, it's going to be maybe down to 100. There you go. It's a little a science point. lesson. And, of course, uh, like with Gene, we'll have to take your word for it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Uh, this is what I like about the show is that when somebody's wrong and – you can call in and correct them, because we might not know. <laughs> right. I mean, how in the world? I know that people think that uh, radio talk show hosts are, are these geniuses sitting out there, and they'll often call with questions. That, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just some guy with a microphone here, yeah. and, uh, you know, I've, I've got to take your word for it. I've heard bad things and good things about hybrids. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, all I can tell you is that... Uh, Currently, with the prices of hybrids, you're going to have to save a lot of fuel exactly. in order to, to to pay it off. And exactly. I'm sure I'm sure Dennis's is paid off a hundred ways to Sunday at eight years with no major problems. But I don't know how likely that is to happen for everybody else. Yeah. If you, you if you take a regular Honda Civic, nicely equipped, versus a Honda Civic pre, um, uh, hybrid. You're talking at least four to five thousand dollar difference. At least three. At, at the least. At least three. three. Even with the tax incentives and everything aside, you're, you're talking about several thousand dollars. And, and over the life of the car, is that going to pay for itself? That's the question. 
Yep, you got to look at how many, you know, what's a gallon of gas cost? Two bucks. Uh, you know, how many gallons of gas do you use? Uh, is it in city driving? Is yes. it in uh, you know, highway driving? Uh, how long is it going to take to pay off? Is it going to take five years in order for this thing to, to see the light of day? As, um, you know, as far as the difference in, in the price? Hmm. Now, if you Maybe you should consider, and, and like maybe you should consider a used Honda Civic where you can actually save five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars over the new hybrid because you know I don't know how I mean how do hybrid owners feel about buying used ones? It's hmm. all very true nebulous. That's very true. Toll free number for you is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Mike in Wisconsin. Mike, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Mike. Yeah, I just uh, had a a quick little bit of a backstory. Followed by a story, followed by a question posed to you all about the story. Okay. So I hope, I hope this will last before the break. Um, for the backstory, um, I have a coworker who, leading up until the primaries, um, obviously I'm kind of a, a minarchist, and he's a very liberal Democrat, but we both hated Bush, so we got along pretty well at the office as long as we both crapped on Bush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. As as the bank started to fail, I kind of ranted about free markets and how. You know, if you're a business and you don't have a good business plan and you start to fail, you deserve to fail, and he agreed. Hmm. Um, but post-inauguration, he was an, a, a huge Obama supporter. Oh, I'm sure. And um, post-inauguration, I was, uh, you know, I came out of the gates firing with the Obama administration because obviously within the first week they had already murdered, what, 15 Pakistanis that first week? Yeah, something like and, that. Yeah, and just all sorts of, you know, unconstitutional things right out of the gates. And on Facebook, he criticized me and said, oh, your criticism is now destructive instead of being constructive. Uh, <laughs> he's drinking the Kool-Aid, isn't he? Cognitive yeah, dissonance. yeah. And, and he basically told me to leave the country. He's like, now you just need to leave the country because, you know, you're just being consistent, basically. Yeah, we and, all need to join together. You need to silence your dissent. It's time to join together with everyone else and not question our uh, authority you, and masters. Hey, well, I, I, I hear that. Continue with your, uh, your line here. You're going to tell us the story and then uh, ask us the question. And Okay. So, so today I'm in the office. You know, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the kitchen, kind of washing down dishes at the end of the workday. I messed with some dishes at lunch, and so I'm washing my dishes and I'm listening to yesterday your guys' podcast from yesterday. And I hear him talking to one of my other coworkers because now since he, he since he's unfriended me from Facebook, we don't really talk a lot. I don't oh, really he care. Unfriended but... you? I missed that point. You know, we're going to yeah. get to your question here in a moment. Hang on, we'll come back with uh, more of Mike and your calls as well about what you want. If you pick up the phone and dial 800-259-9231, that number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, a webcam, and it's all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins actually admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure, that's PrivacyHarbor.com. 
Facebook.com. We go back to your phone calls about what you want. It's Mike in Wisconsin. And Mike, you were telling us that you've got this co-worker that during the Bush administration you both got along with because you as somebody that loves liberty was very critical of George Bush, obviously, because he could give a flip about liberty. And so this co-worker was really in. You guys had good conversations at that point. Then all of a sudden the new Obama administration gets in. Of course, this guy's a big Obama fan. And now, you know, when you're critical of Obama, now you're a bad guy, apparently. Uh, so you've been consistent in your criticisms of the federal government, and now he is showing his inconsistency. He unfriended you from Facebook, and you were going to continue your story. So what happened? Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm in the break room today waiting to, for my opportunity to, you know, wash my dirty dishes. And I hear him talking to one of my other coworkers, and he was sitting there talking to her like, yeah, you know, my sister basically made her son or daughter, I forget, worship Bush for the entire time. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, in protest of that, maybe wearing a big Obama T-shirt when I go to visit them tonight. And um, basically the point of my call tonight was just about, it wasn't really about the inconsistency. It's more of the frightening worship of um, people that are that lord over us. I think that was kind of the ultimate um, point of my call was just the hypocrisy in that, oh, it's bad for his sister to raise her children to worship Bush, yet he's going over there with this huge emblazoned Obama shirt, and he's got calendars of Obama in his cubicle and bow down and supplicate to this new leader, and it's okay, whereas, oh, but the old leader's bad. Well, I, I agree with you that the, the guy's inconsistent, and uh, if you're looking for something maybe you can do with him is... Well, you know, uh, I would say that at some point in the relatively near future, you're going to get an opportunity to, to talk to the guy on a real human-to-human basis. Um, and rather than come out guns blazing and try to show him, you know, look, you're wrong. You didn't believe in Bush, and now you shouldn't believe in Obama because it's inconsistent and it's wrong. That's you know, that's not going to go anywhere. It, it, it You will be right as far as I'm concerned. However, you will not be convincing. Um, maybe what you could say to him, uh, you know, you could just sort of show him some of the inconsistencies that, look, what difference is there really between your sister trying to force her kids to, you know, to, to her, your sister, uh, you know, trying to convince or, or control or cajole her kids into believing Bush is the right guy and you trying to convince or cajole or whatever and me into believing Obama's the right guy. The fact is these guys have done remarkably similar stuff. And it doesn't matter whether they're enriching the corporate corporations, the big money guys in the corporations, but I mean, or the big money guys in politics. The fact is, money's being squandered and given away, and uh, you know, stolen. And it doesn't really matter who gets it. What matters is that they're stealing it. You know, I also think an effective way to get through to Obama supporters is to actually cite what what you like about Obama, as well as what you disagree with. And that way you look like you're objective because we're so polarized in this country. And a lot of times you'll say something and somebody all of a sudden has this knee-jerk reaction as if you're a Republican, you're a, you know, you're, you're a, a McCain supporter or whatever, so that they think that you're the other side. And right. I think you have to come across as being objective and not being partisan if you're going to get through to people. It's a great point. And, and you, you, know, you might may use this example. Look, it's not like I supported McCain in this. And maybe McCain's a better candidate. But tell me, which mass murderer is better? Is Jeffrey Dahmer better than the Boston Strangler who's better than Son of Sam? I mean, I don't know how many many guys these people killed, but is a mass murderer who killed 60 people somehow worse than a mass murderer who killed 45? 
That's right. And um, before before I head out, guys, if you could wear one T-shirt with a single slogan blazed across the front to offend both parties, if you were in my situation, what would you have on your T-shirt? Ron Paul. God, uh, yeah, well, the, the, there's yeah, Ron Paul would be great. No gods, no kings would be a another uh, good one. I think that it's uh, it always confuses people. I don't really wear offensive T-shirts. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate <laughs> it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue and talk to, I believe we have Justin in Pennsylvania. Justin, you're on the air on Free Talk Live. Hey, dudes. Hey, what's on your mind? I also have an insight. Yes, I've sir. had it since 2003, and I think I paid 16 8 for it, brand new. So it was not that expensive as Gene seems to think they are. This is the uh, Honda automobile called a the, uh, called an Insight. Okay. Yes, the Honda Insight, the the two seater. The okay. thing I hate about the newer hybrids is it seems that they insist on making the mileage almost equal to, if not a wee bit better than a standard car. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I can understand people not wanting to pay more for them because it just isn't all that impressive. But I can definitely verify that in warmer temperatures. I, def- I do get around 70 miles per gallon in, 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 in around my area here. Hmm. The summer bl- uh, gasoline blends are better, too, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what about the, uh, the repairs, new batteries? Um, so you've had your, what, what year is this, 2000? 2003. 2003, yeah. I The main battery pack, the one that powers the electronic assist system, that that's the one that Gene was thinking is going to explode and cause a temporal warp or whatever. <laughs> that, that one... I think Honda just extended the battery, uh, the replacement plan, out to like 10 years. Mm. And it's rare that someone actually has to replace that. Something would have to be, I think, wrong from the get-go with it, like a factory defect or something. So but, within 10 years, they'll replace it on the house is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. even some people who had um, problems with it beyond the warranty period when they first <laughs> instituted the car to the public, mm-hmm. Honda usually just said, you know, whatever, we'll just replace it for free. Take care of it. Huh. Yeah, and it wasn't anything terrible. It was just the battery wouldn't hold charge or would discharge too quick. or It was usually less the battery and more than it was the computer system not reading the battery properly. Hmm, but. Okay. How's your car handling the curves? Uh, pretty cool. It's a little car, so I just zip around little curves. And everyone always gawks at it, and they always ask me about the thing that really sucks is they stopped making that particular model in 2006. So I so, think one of the, the better mass-produced hybrids that was Produced so far, they'd cease making it and replaced it with a. It is a good Ford. car. It's just not practical for a lot of people. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm. I'm a single guy. I don't plan on having a family. And in your case, Mark, you would probably, you know, you wouldn't. I you had the money. Don't. You could probably have it for like a separate fun car, but. I don't know if it's for fun, but I mean, I I, I essentially drive a car that's uh, it, it's a small car now. I don't need a lot of uh, you know my, my my wife has the mommy mobile with the Honda Element, yeah. so um, you know I just have a little crap car that I drive around, and I, you know it it doesn't really matter to me how many seats I have. Thanks. Yeah, uh, I, mean, if, oh, go I was going to say you know I, out in LA, I know a lot of friends who have who have uh, Priuses now because when you're in stop and go traffic all the time, it's great not to have to run your engine and just run the battery power. And I've had, I've had friends who have them, and you get in the car and you pull out of the, the driveway, and you're not even running the motor yet. You're running the electric motor, not the engine. Yeah, it doesn't sound like much either. It starts right? itself up. Right? Yeah, it sounds drive. like nothing at first. Yeah, the thing that sucks between the Prius and the Insight is, I don't know why they didn't do this, but on the Insight, it has the auto engine shut off when it reaches 19 miles per hour, and below it'll just shut off, and you're basically just cruising, coasting. Mm-hmm. But the, the Prius will run solely on battery power up to, like, 20 or 25. But in Europe... You know, the same car has a chip in it that makes the car run up to 35 on battery alone. So, 
They also have people who put bat, uh, additional batteries in the pr- trunk of the Prius and get 150 miles per gallon with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, wow. I mean, if I had to get another hybrid, of like if, you know, whatever forbid that my car bust up or whatever because I love the little thing, if I had to get another hybrid, I would get the Prius only because I know about that chip you can get it, you can put in to increase its ability to run on battery power alone. Neat. So Prius is a pretty good car if you uh, want to go and get an aftermarket chip to make it run. Yeah, it's only like 50 bucks, and I saw the instructions, and it's pretty easy to put in. I also understand the I new do not know why they didn't incorporate that into the American model versus the European model. I also marketing. understand I that the newer model Prius is going to have a solar panel on the roof to also charge the batteries more. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. Well, yeah. thank you for the uh, discussion. Anything else on your mind? Nope, that's it. All right, Justin, thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. We continue with William in Connecticut. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, you were uh, talking about secession earlier. Yes, sir. And uh, pertaining to the House uh, Concurrent Resolution Number 6, which I'm very impressed by that. I this really is a New Hampshire uh, House resolution that's that right. proposing, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about it. You, you say you like it? Oh, definitely. Uh, it looks like uh, something I would have wrote myself. Anyway, uh, if you really want to secede, you need your own money. That's the most important thing. You would. Because you're not going to... I'm actually all in favor of it. We'll come back and talk to you more. I'm actually all in favor of uh, having New Hampshire having its own money and having various different monies to choose from. I'm not in favor of New Hampshire, the state, having its own money. I'm in in favor of people in New Hampshire trading things of value for um, things of value. Right, but I would like to see some sort of money originating from New Hampshire. I think that would be a nice thing. Uh, More coming up here. Hour 3 is on the way. We'll talk about secession and take your calls about what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching into hour number three. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you tonight. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, right into your phone calls. William is on the line in Connecticut. Now, William, you just gotten into talking about this uh, House resolution that's up here in New Hampshire that is essentially saying, as I understand it, that if the federal government does X, Y, or Z, then the New Hampshire government will begin the process of seceding. And uh, I wanted to make sure you had a chance to comment uh, fully. So go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, well, why wait for them to do something? Haven't they already done enough? I agree with you. I'm I, all in favor. I, I'm entirely in, in agreement with him. But I think that it, with you, I think that it's uh, it makes some sense that if you know if you can find somebody's issue, and uh, say that you know if the federal government does this, 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 or this, and you include their issue, then they feel like they have some kind of power, whether it's bailouts or uh, guns or I don't know illegal aliens or I mean, there's all kinds of issues that people find important that they don't feel that the government government responds to them at all on and i think that you might have some luck rather than just saying let's secede saying well if they do this um then let's secede 
You know, what's interesting about this this resolution also is that you'll probably get a lot of support among your, your Republican friends for it now, but the Democrats are going to hold off because they're, they're drinking the Obama Kool-Aid right now, and they're going to be thinking that there's right. good government now. Yeah, the Vermont secession movement is on ice for the moment. Do you know Whereas, that to be true, or are you just no, assuming? No, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just presuming. I, I, I presume it, too. Yeah, because they wanted to secede so they could become more socialist, essentially, and now, well, they've got Obama in, so I'm sure they're, uh, they're going to not really be focusing on that too much. Uh, but all that said, uh, William, apparently the news is also that there are other states around the country that are going to be proposing similar uh, pieces of legislation. So while I'm with you and that I agree that secession needs to happen now and there's nothing more that needs uh, to be w- um, waited until, uh, I I still support this. I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And anything that gets people talking about secession, whether it's uh, in on the radio or just around the dinner table or whatever – the better, right? And defining intolerable acts by the federal government is an important step, too. Any other thoughts, William? Yeah, well, back to the money situation. You, you won't be able to do anything as an independent state, country, nation, whatever you want to call it, without your own monetary system, and not like what we have and what most countries have today, which is a fiat monetary system controlled by private bankers. You have to eliminate private banking altogether and have the money controlled directly by the people, just as the government should be controlled by the people, so should the monetary system. Don't you think that that sounds uh, like as pie in the sky as what the socialists say when they say, well, if we could just get the power of the government out of the hands of the big business interests and get it back into the hands of the people, then it would be fair and just and right. I mean, doesn't it, I mean, when was, when has the government ever been in the hands of the people? Well, exactly, especially at the federal level. You know, the farther away the government is from the people, the harder so it is to keep it under control. Since, since, the gov- since government uh, largely maintains its control by issuance of currency, what if we, got the, uh, if we got the currency, the issuance of currency out of their hands, then they would, in fact, rule at the pleasure of the people because they wouldn't have this power mm-hmm. of manufacturing money out of thin air, which is what a fiat currency is that you're talking about and instead have private organizations print up uh, not print up or print up uh, pieces of paper or mint uh, uh, silver or gold and things like that so that people could use real value to uh, to exchange for yeah. pro- goods and services I essentially want- uh, exchanging Wait, you, you goods. just got it totally wrong what, you said that? the government issues money the government does not issue money a private bank called the federal reserve issues money to I don't care the federal who it government is. well i've been looking are... into that and you know i would agree. yes it's true that the private banks are involved but the the government's heavily involved in how much and you know how it's done they and, appoint the yeah. guys to the federal reserve so i mean the board. it grant i'll grant you it is a private bank and i'll grant you that they make money on it however it's you know the government is the the largest recipient of the windfall profits from the and they're the enabler. I mean, it's it's a it's a deal between the two of them. Sure, so, it's just it's a deal you... between two um, entities in order to screw the American people. It's a right. partnership between the U.S. Okay. Treasury and the fiat, Federal Reserve. Whole... A fiat system does not get any better just because it's in the hands of the government as opposed to 100 percent in the hands of the government as opposed to right. Uh, because less than instead 100%. of a deal between two people, oh, yes, instead of a, instead of a deal between two people, two or entities to screw the American people, then you'd have um, a conspiracy with one entity to screw the American people. I say. Get no, no, the no. Entities I'm not talking about the American, 
the American people. I'm talking about the state of New Hampshire. Okay. I don't care if it's the feds or the state of New Hampshire, dude. What we're talking about here is a coercive monopoly. You're talking about a violent monopoly. They call themselves government, whether they call themselves the federal government or the New Hampshire state government. Their incentives are the same, and that is to screw you. Uh, but where is the coercion? Where's what coercion? You said it's a coercive uh force or whatever you well, said. any sort okay. of fiat any sort of fiat currency is in, is inherently coercive because you have to have a legal tender law in order for to force people to accept it now i know that's not necessarily what you were calling for but it did sound like you were advocating for government involvement in the money system and i think that that's a fo- i believe that's folly i think that uh, you need to have private issuers of currency competing in the marketplace on the basis of okay, a variety so if, of factors if a private company say a bank wants to issue a loan and then you have to pay the back, pay back the loan plus interest. Where do you get the interest from? And then where does that interest go? It goes to the private banker. Well, assuming that you would, I mean, you would only take the loan if you had the belief that you could make the money back, correct? Precisely, like say you wanted a mortgage so, on a house. Let's. One would assume that uh, I'm going to have a job and going to get paid money. I think it's my guess, my recollection, if private entities or my belief that if private entities got into the business of uh, you know doing currency, which they have been in this country in the past, and if you look at the histories of Southeast Asia, all of their uh, monies were uh, you know private private banknotes backed by uh, you know gold and silver. That it would likely be metals. Gold and silver and copper, you know, uranium, <laughs> palladium. Okay, but you're, you're totally missing the point. We already I, I'm have dumb that. that way. Federal Reserve is private, so when any loan is issued, the interest money goes back into their own pocket. I am really, really familiar with the Federal Reserve and how it works, and I know that it is an evil, evil institution that the federal government is in bed with. I okay, think- so now listen to this as a totally different alternative. If it was, uh, if it was controlled by the people of the state of New Hampshire, it's a damn lie. The bank, the <laughs> bank of the state of New Hampshire. It's a damn any lie. Any interest money on on any loans. It's not, not going to be controlled the, the by those people. It's going to be controlled by somebody who's in either in charge of the New Hampshire government or in charge of the Bank of New Hampshire. If you only have a monopoly, look, do you get better um, services and uh, a better price from a monopoly, one um, organization, or if there's competition in the market? Which do you well, get better? All it is is math. If you're paying a certain amount of interest on a loan, you know, a, a sixth grader could do the math on that. It's, it's no magic thing that they do. Now, when that interest money is paid back, instead of it going into private pockets, why not use that interest money to then fund the things that the state usually uh, gets because the money the, from? Because when, when New Hampshire wants to go to war with Quebec, then they turn on the printing presses. They print a whole bunch of New Hampshire notes. They buy a whole bunch of tanks and bombs and missiles, and they say we're going to war, and we don't care whether the people of New Hampshire like it or not. Well, he's because not of the fiat. idea of the the people having control of anything that has to do with government is really pretty fallacious. Um, you know, the the bigger the government, the worse, and certainly a smaller government, not New Hampshire, would be more responsive. But you yeah. still 
the, the fact is, I don't want seatbelts in New Hampshire, and right now, sitting in Concord is a bill to push seatbelts through. I don't know whether it's going to go through or not, but I don't have any real control over that because it's not a bill pushed through by the people, because the people aren't in New Hampshire. Lawmakers are. Yeah, I don't want the government me, involved. Uh, Concord. I don't want the government involved in anything in my life, especially my pocketbook. I don't want them why dealing want, with money. Why do you want the government to control the currency so badly? It's not a, mish, uh, a matter of them controlling it. It's a matter of where does the interest money go that all loans have to be paid. I with. want the interest money to go to whoever it is that gave me the loon. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's what banks do for a living, isn't it? They, That's uh, what private loan people do. I mean, what's, what's wrong with doing, uh, making money on what you do for a living? Is it is it so bad that the money that comes into Free Talk Live for ads goes into right. your is, and my pockets? Yeah, is this guy going to say that profit is bad now? I mean, that is what is was that going to be his next point that making money is evil? Let's talk about money and evil. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, and those include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the, sh- <clears throat> to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. We go to the amp line where Mike Barsky is on the line, uh, fresh out of jail. We talked about your case, uh, I think it was, was it last night? No, it was whenever the court trial was, which was a couple of days ago. And Monday. Yeah, Monday. And Mike, I'm so glad to hear your voice. Yeah. Uh, Mike Thank ba- you. Mike Barsky, super activist here in New Hampshire, the, the man that can be counted on to show up to virtually anything that's happening. I mean, you... It's uh, really true. I've never gone anywhere and not seen you, it seems like. You are pretty much uh, ubiquitous. Uh, around here, and yeah. unfortunately, we've been uh, we've been missing you recently because the New Hampshire Stadies decided to throw you in a jail cell because you didn't harm anybody else. They slapped about six charges on you. I don't have the laundry list of them uh, in front of me. I think one of them was an open container, driving without registration. Yeah, I'm sure you know them better driving. than I. Yeah, driving without a license, driving without a registration, transporting an empty beer bottle in a car. Uh, then not showing up for court for those three. Yeah. And then, and then one thing that I was never cited for, but they issued a warrant for my arrest for, was carrying a weapon without a permit. Uh, and I can get into the details of that, but I wasn't. And the last one was speeding, I guess. In, in addition to all that, there's another political designation in New Hampshire, the Keene area, that they're also after you for organizing right. a, a a festival, for organizing a little event called Freedom that's, Fest here in Keene, and that's still yet to uh, – all of the occurrences there have yet to happen. They've demanded that you show up for their trial, so there's a couple of – I guess that's a hearing, but there's, uh, there's a hearing for that coming up in early March, and they're going to have a trial for the six things that you just ran down the list of here also in, in March – so you're not out of their clutches yet, and the reason you're out tonight is because, uh, well, why are you out tonight? They were going to hold you for like a month until your trial because you hadn't bailed out. Did you bail out? Right. It would have been over five weeks, and I did bail out. What I did was I attempted the Canario-esque noncompliance. And not that she's the only one, but she's probably the most famous. That's why I used her name. And so when I was arrested, I did not give the cops 
I did not answer some of their questions, and I refused to give them my fingerprints. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, kind of warned me that, well, you you don't have to give your fingerprints here, but when you get to Valley Street Jail, they're they're not going to be so nice. And when I got to the jail at about 3 a.m., uh, I was really anticipating being beat up. Now, I don't know if that's a realistic anticipation, hmm. but I thought I would have been beat up for not giving my uh, fingerprints. I was not. I did refuse to comply with that and uh, giving a TB test, tuberculosis. And so they kept me in the holding tank. And it turns out I was there for about 33 hours. And the holding tank is like a cement floor and metal benches and, yeah. a, and a toilet. And so, they put anywhere from one to, say, 30 people in there. Whoa, whoa hold and on a second. Was, so th- you were in with other people in the holding sure. tank? Yeah, I was in the processing unit. They put, they, they put people coming into jail there and going out of jail there while they bangle paperwork. Right. He has not been yet let into the jail because he has not given up his fingerprints and, uh, and, and TB. So he well, doesn't have the it added advantage of being in the slightly nicer section of the jail. Well, they, they threatened me because I went to jail here in, in uh, Westmoreland, New Hampshire, and they threatened me with solitary if I did not answer their questions. They can put, well, it, 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 it's not the same as solitary. What it would be is a holding tank solitary situation as opposed to something else. So wait, what do you, when you say right. it would be a holding tank solitary situation, what would You probably mean? wouldn't be put into the regular jail population right. because you haven't been processed in and you have to, the government has to fill out its paperwork. So they're going to figure actually, out one way or the other to do that. What actually happened was somewhere in between, at least at this jail and what they did with me was after 33 hours of noncompliance, one of the one of the guards, actually two of the guards, called me up and said, "Hey, what would you think if we put you in a housing unit? Uh, even though you're not giving us your fingerprints, we send you to the housing unit." And I said, "Well, let me uh, let me think about it." And he said, "Actually, I was just being diplomatic. We're going to do this." And I said, and I I'm said, sorry. Go so ahead. I laughed over you. Yeah. And I said, "No, no problem." And I said, "So what if I don't want to?" And the other guard piped in, "Well, we'd wrestle you down and take your clothes off, and you don't want us to do that." And I said. So if I refuse, the next step is you use physical force. And they said, oh, no, we're not going to use physical force. But they, of course, were. Right. Well, what's so that's the, when I caved in. Wrestling is in physical force? <laughs> uh, yeah. This is interesting to me because, uh, I mean, I, I, comparing experiences here, having been put in for what was originally a 93-day sentence, spending three days and then essentially begging for mercy from the judge and being let out, uh, having my experience, they didn't try to take my fingerprints. Which is very strange. Ever? You weren't actually arrested. You, um, and, um, and they, ah. The judge said arrest that man in the courtroom. They I, put handcuffs I, I, on I, me. I'm sorry. There is no charge. Because there's no the contempt charge? Of, there is no charge of contempt. Contempt is sort of, uh, it, it's, it's a practice. It's a, uh, it's a tradition. But they took my mug shot. Why wouldn't they try to fingerprint me anyway? I don't they have could it. have if Look, they wanted to, I've never to, been on right? a contempt. I'm, I'm not an attorney. And, I, and I, would, I would say that a lot of attorneys don't know what the hell the difference is either. Yeah. Huh, well, so, I don't know the answer either, but I can tell you of, you know, I was only in jail, what, three or, three or four nights or whatever, but there was a lot of arbitrariness to their, to the, you know, the jailer's decisions and what privileges they withheld and gave to me and to other sons and, and what they did or did not let happen. There's a lot of what arbitrariness. Mm-hmm. When I had gone in, uh, the initially I was considering not answering the questions, and then when they told me that uh, it was going to result in me put into solitary confinement, essentially, uh, I decided to go ahead and answer the questions. And I feel as though being cooperative with the corrections officers certainly uh, avoided any kind of violent confrontation. They were very nice to me as a result of that. Obviously, they, it didn't make their job very difficult. And so I, I felt like that 
that was good because it ended up putting me in with the other prisoners. I was able to socialize with them and, and talk to them. And I don't see the point of making a, you know, a big stink in front of the pre- correctional officers. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make any difference at all in the grand scheme of things. I don't Making you know, them hate you is not going to Getting to do a correctional anything. officer to possibly quit because they finally see the, the evil of their coercive ways. And then what? Somebody well, else comes in and yeah. does the same thing? Well, I think you could well, get... Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think any one act is going to change anything. I, I think that, you know, the Canario-esque style is, you know, one that if enough people did it, it might have an effect. So it's I powerful. It. And, and when I eventually... What, what I did was start to cave at that point. I said, okay, well, I don't, want to use, I don't want you to use force against me, so I will go get put in jail. But I still wasn't doing fingerprints yet. Then in jail, they moved me around a couple times and did some other kind of mean stuff and... Um, and so I eventually said, okay, I'll do fingerprints as well. And then all the cops were nice. And mm. one of them even had the gall to say to me directly, um, all we were looking for is compliance. I mean, that's, that's the answer right there. All they want is you to obey. Yes. It's their number one thing. That's what I learned. That's what was certainly the lesson that I took away from my experience. It wasn't about the money as much as it was about me being obedient to well, their system. Yeah, and, and if you look at right. if you look at individually each one of these bureaucrats, they don't get the money. They get a paycheck one yeah. way or the other. They're going to get their paycheck, and it's going to be in the amount that they get it in. They don't get the money that you have to give up, so they want compliance. They want to. You know, it's it's their job to sort of waste your time and get you to do what it is they want you to do. Mike, can you hang on? I'd like to continue swapping observations if you got the time. Yes. Yeah, All right. More with Mike Barsky here in moments. We'll uh, we'll talk to him about his experience in jail for being a, an, an activist and not harming anybody else. He was a peaceful man and they decided to throw him in a jail cell. We'll continue with him and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. If you want to know what the latest is with Free Talk Live, get on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. It is uh, completely free, like everything else on our site, updates.freetalklive.com. And over the past uh, few days, actually on Monday, we talked about Mike Barsky and a couple of the other activists here in the New Hampshire area that have been arrested for doing things that in no way put another person in any jeopardy whatsoever, completely consensual so-called crimes. And uh, Mike Barsky, having spent a number of days in jail in the Manchester area, has now bailed out. And he's on our amp line talking about it. Mike, are you there? I'm here. Okay, very good. Uh, so we have you back. It sounds what like there's some, noise? something going on in the background there. Are you driving? Uh, I have yeah, not been home yet, and I'm actually walking to my apartment now, so that might have been the street behind me. Okay. it's uh, It may be your cell phone. I may have to kind of pot you up and down here as we uh, conduct the conversation, because when you talk, it goes away. Anyway, so uh, we're talking with you about your experience in jail, and uh, obviously I've been in jail here in New Hampshire as well, and so we're going to kind of swap stories I'm here. I'm trying to avoid it. What's your uh, you're Thanks. trying to avoid jail? You yeah. mean, Mark? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I've heard, Mike, that the, uh, the the jail you were in was is one of the bad ones in New Hampshire. How do you feel? I mean, after you started complying with the guards, you said they were nicer to you. How do you feel in general about your stay at the Valley Street Jail in Manchester? 
it was pretty miserable. And even when they were nice, actually only one one guard was nice, but the others were nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was it was still a very demeaning experience. I mean, I'm sure. You know, I've never been in jail before. I don't know how to compare it. I, I can tell you, I talked to a lot of a lot of cons going in and out, and they most of them said it was pretty bad. Some of them said, "Man, it's a piece of cake." But you know, Mark's prison term, I'm sure, was far worse, and some jails are probably far worse. Some ja- some people say jail is worse than prison. I would say the jail is worse than prison. Why would you say that, Mark? It's more boring. More boring. Well, there's less to do. I mean, you know, in, in prison, I got to go out and have a job, and which gives you some meaning in life. And when I didn't have work and we weren't being, you know, stuck in, inside, we could go out and play handball or walk around the track or, you know, do those kinds of things. So we had hours a day that there was a, we were able to do that. So you said, uh, Mike, that you you were in the, the holding center, which is kind of, what did they call it, the bubble where there was like a control room and then kind of a, an area where they bring people in and search them? Them, and then there's some cells just immediately in that area. Was that the vicinity that you were in in the jail? That's where I was for the first 33 hours. Then I was actually in a couple various pods in the jail, which and the pods are a group of cells, actual jail cells. So basically after they threatened violence, I didn't want to be violated. So I said, okay, I'll move in. I wasn't yet giving them my fingerprints, but they moved me into the actual jail cells. So you were put into like, what they call population? Yes. And uh, so that happened, I presume, after your trial or the the hearing on Monday. So what did they part? do? What right. did they What right. did they do in order to get you to uh, give up your fingerprints? Um, actually, I lost a lot of faith in in my in the government's ability to uh, recognize all of my charges as victimless crimes after the trial. Mm-hmm. After the, I'm sorry, the arraignment, and I was. Really scared, and I actually am still really scared that the judge is going to find, you know, sentence me to a year in jail. And I wanted trying to do anything in jail is near impossible. Um, even oh, yes. just making a phone call. Yes. So I really wanted to be out of jail to be able to prepare for this. this right. Trial. To be able to talk to it's it's impossible to talk to an attorney. If you want to go to the law library, you have to put right. in a request. It's right. going to take a, ye- a week. You go. What, you, right. you know. Here you are. The law library. Here's some law books. Good luck, kid. Um, and and right. I mean, so there's a wall of library. You know, law books sitting in front of you. You have mm. no idea what to do. You. It, it's really a mess. You're really. You know. And lawyers know that they have you over a barrel in that situation too. You can't uh, compare some shop there. I mean, that, and in combination with a number of fears I had, first of all, never having been in jail, all this was new to me, and I was scared each step of the way, not knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anticipating a long jail sentence, and will I lose my job when I get out, which, by the way, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And I was just really getting scared, and I said, fine, I'll just succumb. And I'm really disappointed in myself for not having more courage to, because I really firmly believe that, you know, you don't need permission to drive without a license. And yet here I am probably going to go get a license so that my sentence will be less severe, et cetera. And it's just disappointing. Mike, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Like you, you had a plan on how to do it. And essentially what the plan is, is to make it that much more hard and arduous to uh, enforce their laws to the point that people see what a bad system it is. And they, you know, the people on the inside see, well, this just isn't going to work. And they come up with some new method. So what you were planning to do was drag your feet more. Now what you're doing is dragging your feet less. If 
the the vast majority of people who are being pushed through this coercive and dangerous system drug their feet at all, it would come to a grinding stop. Yeah, I don't think you so should be. You're dis- doing you're doing something. Mike. Right. I don't. Yeah, I agree with you, and I don't think it should be disappointing to you. I can understand why you would feel that way, but at the same time, you also have to remember that you are essentially a trailblazer. I mean, you're one of the the few who have actually gone ahead and non cooperated to some extent with the with this government. I mean, there are people that are going to look at this and, and be inspired to do similar things in the future. But you and I both know, Mike, that the reality is there's not a lot of them right now. I mean, we can count on one hand the amount of uh, free staters or liberty activists here that have been arrested for civil disobedience actions. Uh, so there really isn't a, anything near anything like a critical mass of people that could have that kind of effect that Mark was talking about there. And now I know why. I, I don't know how Lauren does what she does. It's just amazing. I mean, actually, having done it now, I think I could go back to jail for 30 or maybe even 60 days without much of a uh, much of a problem because I'm used I'm I'm kind of used to what they have to offer and I could put up with it. I still have some things on the outside world I'm not ready to go back into jail for yet, right. like my job. But right, well, that's the thing. Boy, like, is, practice makes perfect. You know, um, what what Lauren? Some of the advantages that Lauren has is she doesn't have a you know real job in the sense that she has to you know punch a time clock and those kind of things. She sort of she has money saved up and she works at odd jobs and makes money in that manner. She also has a firm place to live. Her husband Jim is always going to let her live with him. So um, you right. know he he keeps the homestead. I don't know what your living arrangements are, but if you have an apartment on your own, then you've got a real problem as far as not just where to live when you get out, but also where is my stuff? Because it might have very well been auctioned off in order to pay the security deposit or whatever. So it's 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 not easy. Yeah, that's completely correct. I, and I do live alone. However, um, I was fortunate enough to, to know this time that the cops were out to get me, and I have I cannot I cannot overstate the importance of this. I have excellent friends up here who bailed me out, who picked me up, who t- was taking care of my apartment with instructions I left if I got arrested. Um, free staters sent me letters in jail that totally made me feel better. Yep. Uh, I, apparently, and I haven't learned this yet, I haven't even been online, there's more going on you know, about me in jail than, I, than I'm aware of, but even the little bit that I was made aware of in jail is just so huge. It's an amazing group of people up here, and if you're going to be in trouble with the state, there's no place else you'd rather be than surrounded by the uh, the free staters. And well, the I don't think we're looking for uh, criminals. What we're looking for is people that will, uh, you know, stand up to the state and it's in, in its coercive capacities and try to beat it back into some, uh, you know, area where it's legitimate. So, th- so tell me about some of the people you met while you were in there, uh, Mike. I, I mean, I know we we've always talked about the uh, your interactions with the COs, but what about the the, uh, the the victims that were in the jail? I mean, there certainly there are maybe some bad guys in there, but a lot of them, from my experience, were also nonviolent and peaceful people. Uh, what was your experience in meeting people in there? Well, actually, I was hoping to experience that from what I've heard, but I I only met... Now, keep in mind that this is apparently a pretty bad jail, okay. but I only met a few people who were there for uh, victimless crimes. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy was there for a DWI, driving while intoxicated, now, perhaps he that's would crash his car or hit someone or threatening. So that could that's on the line. But there yeah, was a guy the there for selling pot. Yeah, there was a guy there for selling pot. There was a guy there for driving without insurance, uh, 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 registration. Wait, I thought you said these weren't victimless crimes. Those are victimless no, no, crimes. No, there was 
a couple. Yeah, those are just a few. Most of the people I encounter were there because they beat people up or they, oh, you know, I see. whatever. Okay. Hey, uh, if you got more, I'd love to continue this conversation. You have a little more time? Sure. All right, more with Mike Barsky, uh, one of the super activists here in New Hampshire. And you can join us here on the lines at 800 259 9231. We'll find out more about his experience in the pokey. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And you'll find that a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live. Well, actually, you won't find that because there's no evidence of it when you're actually shopping around. But trust us, if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, we will get a cut. Uh, so we go back to Mike Barsky. He is one of the uh, super activists up here in New Hampshire. Recently just got out of jail as of this afternoon uh, after having paid a $2,000 bail and uh, currently in the midst of a number of legal issues where the state is coming after you, Mike, for a number of non uh, a number of crimes that don't involve a victim. And uh, obviously we would all like this to stop. But unfortunately, the reality of the situation is one man who's standing up against the system is not going to be enough to uh, to break it down. Uh, and we were talking earlier about the idea of non-cooperating with the jailers and that sort of thing, uh, sort of like one of uh, one of the other activists has has done in the past, Lauren Canario, and, and I believe what's the value to it? Well, I believe there's value to it, yeah. but I think that it's more valuable if done on a mass scale simultaneously. I think there's value. Can I, can I add to that? Please. Um, everywhere I went, the Am- the the Amherst police that arrested me in their police station and in the jail, both in the processing unit and in the pods, all the cops knew what free staters were and that I was a free stater. I didn't tell them. And, you know, they may not quite know what a free stater is. They may think we're an angry gang with guns or torches or something, but they know that there are a group of people who are coming here and standing against, you know, tyranny. Uh, The word has spread. (laughs) Absolutely. They were talking about it in the courtroom as well, out in the lobby area. They were talking about it, and... Uh, I believe that uh, the the, the, the accusation's been made that the Free State State Project's been called a gang um, among the uh, organized crime Well, the memo has gone out. That is for sure. Um, So I I think that you should be congratulated, Mike, for just having the courage to do what you've done so far. There's nothing to be ashamed of in cutting your stay short uh, at the jail to get out and, and to get your affairs in order, as you were talking about. Or, uh, or you know, in my case, I got out because I wanted to get back to my, my business and, and doing what I find important. It's not that I couldn't have stayed in the jail, and I'm sure you could have stayed there, too. Uh, it's it's just that you've got to do what's right for you in those particular cases. And as far as the non-cooperation goes, I felt like I could be of more I – I felt like I could touch more people – in a more positive way by cooperating uh, because then I could talk to the prisoners and then I would have a better relationship with the COs. If if you're in a more positive relationship with these guys, if you're having a discussion with them, they'd be, they'd be more likely to listen to what it is that you have to say in those cases. Uh, and so I know Russell Canning has gone into these jails and, and he has... Uh, He's not necessarily taking the Lauren uh, Canario non-cooperation approach. He talks to these guys. And I remember that he got a letter at the Keen Free Press, his or what was the Keen Free Press, now the New Hampshire Free Press. He got a letter from one of the COs months later who 
basically, and I wish I had in front of me to read right now because it was so touching. The CO basically, I remember it. yeah, he said, you know, essentially, thank you uh, for coming in and 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 doing what you did because I really started thinking about things. And he kind of came to some really uh, con- some conclusions that he might not have necessarily come to had Russell been completely silent or completely non-cooperative. And apparently the discussions, what brief discussions they had, what few things Russell did say, uh, were enough to get him, the, you know, get those gears turning. So I feel like I had a better effect by going in and uh, and being cooperative. It allowed me to be uh, sociable with the prisoners and the the guards. And it's like Mark said. I mean, these guys are they're doing their jobs. And nothing that we do is going to make them want to quit their jobs. And, not, and even if they do quit their jobs, it's not going to change. That's not going to change the system. So I think that non-cooperation I, I think, is valuable. I think you're more, yeah, I think you're more valuable outside of imprisonment as well. If, if for nothing else than Free Talk Live to help, you know, uh, educate more people. I hope I have some value outside as well because I chose to be outside. I One think so. One quick anecdote about. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to say I think you're very valuable. I mean, you, you not only do you come to all the activist things, but you also are uh, an initiator of activism. You've created websites. You started the Keen Freedom Fest website, which is awesome. You did. Yep. Uh, you did. You the bit your best website I think so far is mail-to-jail.com, which is so useful. It allows people to send uh, letters to people through the internet to uh, send letters to uh, people like you, Mark, who are right. or, or Mike, who are actually in jail. And so I, you know, sent twenty five bucks. Over there, and I think people should send you some contributions wow. at mail-to-jail.com to help you not, out. Not to mention that, uh, Mike, but if if somebody thinks that you did it incorrectly, the, you've done the civil disobedience poorly. Oh yeah, the cri- critics will come out of the woodwork. Absolutely. Now they have the opportunity <laughs> to come to New Hampshire and do it correctly, right. and they they um, they can have a better chance of people doing it the same way that they have the correct way, of course. Um, now that they've shown us all of uh, how how to do it, um, because they you know. There's there's civil disobedience activists that have shown their willingness to stand up to the state. Yeah, people, please come here and join me, or come here and prove, show me a better way. Yeah, absolutely. Just come here. We we definitely need more people here. That is going to change a lot of these things because even though the government guys know that the free staters are here, I don't think they really realize what that means yet. They don't really understand, you know, what's uh, what's coming next. So you did end up bailing out. Uh, was it a bail bondsman or was it all in cash? It was all cash. Okay, so 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 some money is on the line here. That means I guess you're not going to be doing a failure to appear at the next uh, the next trial, huh? I am not actually. I'm not going to do a failure to appear at the next trial because of the jail term. I mean, the cash I could do without. I, I could miss whatever. But yeah. a year in jail for uh, failing to appear to prove the point that I don't need your permission—that's a little steep for me. Is that what you're looking at on just the failure to appear charge? Is up to a year? No, but the other charges there, oh, they will okay. probably. I'm guessing they'll find me in default of and give me the max sentence. I don't know, but. It's just getting with six charges there, and with the ones in Keene, it's just getting a little too steep. You know, there's I, I agree, and still, Mike, there's opportunities to go into the. I mean, you can you can go in front of the judge powerfully, or you can go, um, you know, uh, right. you know, whipped, and there's all kinds of things you can do. Still, it's I I, right. I don't see also I don't see the, a loss here. The also the big charge they have me against is a real weak charge, and I'm. I'm not. I'm innocent of it, even though it's a victimless crime. I'm innocent of it. So which is this? That one's which one is this? To to fight. This was holding a weapon without a permit. And, and in New Hampshire, you don't need a permit to open carry a gun. When you get into a car, if you if the gun is loaded, 
it's considered concealed carry, for which you do need a permit. Mm-hmm. I do not have a permit, but the gun was not loaded. Oh, so, really? Okay. Plain and simple. Yeah. So it's just a so completely... It's, and also... It's still a silly charge comes, to begin with, and I would love to see somebody yeah. stand up on it. It's a dangerous one to stand up on. I, I will. Uh, I certainly understand. Yeah. But the fact is, look, if it's legal to carry it on my hip, why, is, why isn't why is it legal for me to uh, get into a car with it? Why does it suddenly become concealed at that point? I mean, I'll grant you right. it's in a container, but so's my house. And why so, isn't it concealed when I'm indoors? So is it uh, safe right. to presume you're going to be going with a jury trial on this? Uh, I will request one. I don't know what their laws are about whether it's, uh, they'll allow it. I don't either. I don't know it. either, but I've heard that uh, the Class A misdemeanor you can have a jury trial on. I don't know if you have to have it after the judge makes a decision, like you have to appeal to the Superior Court. I'm not sure how their system works either. But they I do won't know take that this to a jury trial for the, for the um, concealed weapon. Well, here's, here's another uh, great use of free staters. I'm going to be hiring fellow free staters instead of a lawyer to represent me or to help me represent myself, like Sam I am or maybe... Ivy. So I've got people who know the freedom movement and who are into the, the law kind of law esque kind of thing to help me out with this. Well, I hope you'll keep us in the loop here, Mike, and uh, let us Definitely. know what is going on with your situation. Obviously, it's best to hear it straight. There from are you. Le- lawyers in the free state. Pro- um, That's true. Free state project movement. That's that you, true. Yeah. So did you sign the bail paperwork uh, under duress, or did you just give your give them your signature? <laughs> Here's my last bit of rebellion after I felt I was caving in. When I finally did start signing their papers, I made up a name that looked like mine and signed it with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I did sign a few of them all rights reserved, and some of them were under duress, but uh, they took all the papers. They just want want their damn paperwork, you know? Uh, Yeah. so uh, so the next uh, your next trial is the Keene one, right? Or the that's a that's hearing. Correct. That's a hearing in yeah. Keene for the Freedom Fest thing. So we'll keep uh, keep our listeners in the loop as the activist movement continues here and Mike it's good to, it's good to hear your voice good that you're out of jail. Thank you. Thanks for the airtime and also thanks for being at the arraignment and thanks for support you guys. Thanks everyone. Yep. Thanks dude. Have a good night. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's uh, sneak over to Stephen Colorado. Stephen, you got about the last 20 or 30 seconds. So go. Oh, Rhett, I didn't realize what, what time it was. Um, yeah, you know, I was just thinking the whole show tonight seemed to be about force. And uh, the caller before Mike um, was questioning you on, what, well, where's the force? And I, I can't think of a single government program that doesn't involve force. thought I'd throw that out there. It's That's all the government has. Right. Um, I mean, the government is an agency that you know, gets what it wants by forcing you to do it. If you don't do it, they'll either take your house away, they'll throw you in jail, they'll, um, you know, take all your money, abscond with your money, whatever. Government is not eloquence, it is force. They'll steal your kid. Thank you for the call tonight. All right. Yes, sir. It has been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We shall return tomorrow, and we'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.